<laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Jim Trotter, you know. Uh, hey, man. Hey, I didn't want to start this way, but I've been smoked out by the BFA staff, brother from another. This staff does an incredible job. And uh, most days of the year, 364 days a year, I'm so grateful and so thankful for everything that they've done. I, I think I gave that those props on Wednesday. But today, all of y'all dirty, and you know who you are. Everybody's dirty for putting that in at the end. Yes, yes, yes. I didn't want to start here. Let's get this out the way. Let's get it out the way. Okay? It was miserable. Saturday was miserable. It was miserable. I said Buckeyes by 25. Uh, it was just the opposite. Wolverine second year in a row. If if if, if as la if if last year wasn't bad enough, <laughs> losing in Ann Arbor by a couple of touchdowns. You go, okay, well, it was in Ann Arbor, and you know, every once in a while, Wolverine should get one. But now it's a problem. They got beat down, Jim. Jim Wait, did you sit down. through the whole thing, start to finish? Did you I sat through the whole thing, start to finish? And it kept, it, kept, it kept getting worse. It was getting worse. I just yeah. knew it were like degrees of it. And I know you got something <laughs> on tears a little later. We're talking about tears and a pros. Let me tell you about tears in college football. T-I-E-R-S, not T-E-A-R-S. But yeah. there were those two. Um, I was about to say, I so, know there were a few of those. Yeah. So first half, 20 to 17, I, did not, I didn't feel great. They were up by three at halftime. I didn't feel great at all. And I knew, I knew something was wrong. Now, I, you know, usually have that feeling. You know you're about to lose whether you're playing in a game or rooting for a team, and you're up, but you don't feel comfortable. I was there. But it got worse from watching the halftime show. Urban Meyer, of all people, is oh. shaking his head saying, yeah, yeah, former Ohio State coach who had no problems beating Michigan, former right. Ohio State coach who says, you know what, I don't like the defensive approach. They keep throwing cover zero at this team, and it doesn't make any sense. You know, you're not leaving yourself with any protection. And I'm so mad at Urban, Urban Meyer because I'm saying, you know what? Damn him, he's right. I don't want to agree with Urban Meyer. He's so right. They're up by three. Then Reggie Bush says, ooh, if I'm <laughs> Ohio State, I feel great. I'm taking Michigan's best punch. And I said, oh, hell, no, we haven't taken their best punch. And we're up by three. We've given up a bunch of big plays, but we haven't taken the big uh, best punch. But, but Jim, I'm a, this is where it really got bad. It got so bad that my wife, who knows, my wife knows how much this game means to me. You know, when, when it's a blowout and the commentators start going off, they say it's not, they're not doing the game anymore. They're talking about big picture stuff. Because right. the game is not competitive enough, so they just start off with right. happy talk or something else, you know, big picture, <laughs> down the road, and all. has nothing to do with the game in front of them. My wife says to me, what if one of our kids wants to go to Michigan? What would you do? Oh. <laughs> like, like, okay. Ooh. Now you're asking, you asking me this right now? Now you're asking Ouch. me this? I said, I'd root for Ouch. our kids in the classroom. I root for our kids wow. in the classroom always. And on the field, I'm rooting for the Buckeyes. Oh. You, Mike, you know what I saw as I watched this game? It, it, it brought me back to one of my core beliefs about football. That What's that? Games are won. The teams are built from the inside out. 
And it's great that Ohio State has all of these pretty skilled players and, you know, the finesse and all of that. But football is an inherently violent game, as you know. I'm preaching to the choir. And you got to win yeah. up front on both sides. Amen. And, and Ohio State did neither of those things. I mean, it says something about the defensive coverage that you were going to that sort of man coverage and, and zero coverage at times because you say you needed bodies in the box to try and stop the run. And you were saying you're going to have to match up in man coverage on the outside. I'm like, first of all, you can't cover out there is what I saw. And even then, you still couldn't get pressure. <laughs> right. Yeah, even then, you still couldn't get pressure consistently on the quarterback. The thing I noticed was how many clean pockets that Michigan had to throw from. Um, it was just staggering. And, and yet, Ohio State kept doing the same thing over and over. But again, it brought me back to the fundamental belief that football has to be a, a down and dirty game at times. You got to be able to win up front on both sides. And Ohio State did not do that. And hopefully, Ryan Day and his staff address that when they go into recruiting this coming year. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to try not to overreact to it because all the stuff I hear about Ohio State right now, I'm like, all right, fine, serves them right. And I'm probably going too far. So they lost the game uh, at home to the number three team in the country. They were number two, Michigan was number three. We've seen this before, 06, they were both undefeated. And uh, Ohio State won that game by three points. Michigan didn't get into the uh, college football tournament that year. Ohio State did. And eventually got embarrassed in the national championship game. But um, look, when I hear people saying, hey, Alabama with two losses might leapfrog Ohio State. Now, I'm so emotional night right now. I'm so hurt. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Go ahead. Give it to Alabama. Ohio State doesn't deserve to be there. But I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Calm down. It was one loss, a big loss at home to the number three team in the country. But it was only one loss. They did beat Penn uh, State. Think... Penn State's they beat Penn State. They beat Notre Dame. They got some good wins. Come on. Let's your not initial uh, react your initial no 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 your initial reaction was the right one. <laughs> Ohio State doesn't deserve to be in. And look, Ohio State had some games this season, as you know, where you're like, wait a minute, this is supposed to be a dominant club here, and I'm not seeing dominance. So yeah. Including um, Notre Dame, what was including, the, including yeah. the Notre Dame game, Maryland, Maryland, and like Maryland was the Maryland was, was the one where I said, "Uh oh," because I've been talking, as you know, talking big trash, talking big trash all year. Well, I can't wait to see Michigan, and then when, when Maryland took them down, like to the it, that game, forget about the yep. final score. Those who watched it know, you know, that final touchdown. Yep. That was just like a Maryland desperation. That was a three-point game. That was a three-point yep. game late. And Ohio State was fortunate to pull the thing. I could not put Maryland away. And Maryland is not a great team. Sorry, Coach. Coach Loxley, uh, a, friend, a friend of the program, has been on a couple of times. Not a great program. Not a great team. Probably a great program. Not a great team. When Maryland was able to stress them like that, I said, okay. Northwestern as well, Michigan. Right? Northwestern, Northwestern but as well, right? Tough conditions. Oh, nice see, I knew you were going to go there. Uh, I knew you were going to go oh. there. Look, oh, if you no, got no. the talent to be one of the top yeah. teams in the country, oh, the conditions don't matter. And, and, and oh, you, know, you, know the, you, you know the cliche, Michael. The conditions were the same for both teams, right? That's what coaches always come back to. Look, the thing that disappointed me about this Ohio State-Michigan game, and we talked about it for a minute, 
um, uh, last week was Jim Harbaugh is the king of petty. And so when yeah. he talked about Ryan Day um, uh, uh, hitting a triple or, or believing he was he was born on third base and hitting a triple, whatever yeah. that saying is, it was like, man, Jim, did you really have to go there? And so all year, all I heard is that for a year, Ohio State, this is what was on the calendar. This is what was circled. This is what they're looking yeah, yeah. for. Payback. Yeah, and see, you go out and you do that? See, okay, but here's the other thing. I, can, can I tell you a few things? I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do this. I want to talk about pro football. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it today. We'll talk about pro football. One, I don't want to hear about the calendar and circle and all that stuff. It's Ohio State, Michigan. That's right. implied. We get it. If you're the head coach right. at Ohio State, you're the head coach, at, head coach at Michigan, you know what the job, what the job requires. You are expected to have your, your team at a championship level. You're expected to recruit very well, and you're expected to beat either Michigan or Ohio State. That's just the way it goes. So right. I don't need to hear all the rah-rah stuff and, oh, it's painful and our guy. I know. I know it's painful for the fans. So we know. Just win. Ask Brady Hoke, who couldn't beat Ohio State. Ask John Cooper, who couldn't beat Michigan. Hey, like you, 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 you get the job done against that opponent, or you're out. See you later. All the stuff you do, you, the rest of the year doesn't matter. We know it. You don't have to tell us what we already know. You know what's fascinating to me though is um, watching it from a fan standpoint. Think back to it. What was it? Jim Harbaugh had lost, was it six in a row or eight in a row to Ohio State, whatever it was, had never beaten them, yep. right? Up until a couple uh, last year, actually. Last year. And yeah. Michigan, yeah, Michigan fans were ready to run him out. I mean, to run him out of the state. And then what did he do? He went back to his roots and he said, This is what we do well. This is what my teams have always done well. And that's what? Be physical and be able to run the football. And once he went back to his roots and that became the identity of the program again, look at what's happened. Now I'm fascinated to see how this is gonna, how or if this is going to carry over to the college football playoffs. Because we saw last year, it didn't mean anything when they beat Ohio State once they got to the tournament. Um, and so I'm, I'm interested to see, is, is this a different team? And you know, at this point, I think outside of Georgia, it's wide open to me. I think Georgia's on another level than these other clubs. I call them clubs, programs. Yeah. But, call them clubs, but, call them programs, whatever. You know, and, they're and good I'm enough to be this. clubs. And here's the last thing I'll say about this this miserable experience on Saturday in Columbus, Ohio. Just miserable. Like, I had been on so looking day, forward though, to right? it. I, I, I was so looking day. forward to it. Beautiful day where? Where was it beautiful? Was it beautiful the, where the you weather, were? Well, no, the weather gods had, had kept the cold away and the moisture yeah, away, okay. and you guys and your skilled position players were supposed to put no, up no. a bunch of points. It's the Midwest, right? It's the Midwest. It's Ohio. It's O H I O. We are fine with cold weather. We, I, I want big fat linemen <laughs> with sleeveless. Okay, they don't have the long sleeves on. Go ahead. You got they got the scratch marks where you held them. But you didn't get called for it on the defense. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, we're we're comfortable in those in those conditions. We should be. Uh, but the last thing I'll say about should it be. is, should I don't be. even mind. I don't even mind that Michigan planted its flag. Oh, Ohio Stadium. I'm I don't sorry, mind. It. I do. Nope. 
I do. No. No. Go you ahead. earned it. You earned no. it. Because no. I, look, look. I'm, 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 I've been humbled. I've been humbled. And when you're no. humbled, no. yo, go out there. I, I want some guys. If you weren't out there for it, if you if you're wearing a scarlet and gray, if you weren't out there for it, I want you. Go online. Look at that image right in the O, right no, in the middle no. of the O. Put it there because yeah. Next year in Ann Arbor. No, see, no, no. I, but we heard all that next year. This year, we heard all that next no, no, year. No, no, I'm not talking about all that. No, not, you got the, I don't need no, to be hyped up. Hold, hold I don't need to be hyped up. No, Michael, hold on. I don't hold need to be hyped up. For me, when I saw this, I said this is a step too far. Why? Because there has to be a level of respect among the programs, no matter how much you dislike each other. And I think back to the NFL and when Terrell Owens went out in the middle of the star and George T came flying in and knocked knocked him down and whatnot. You no, you just no, it's not different. It's a it's a sign of respect or disrespect. You just don't do this. It's a step too no. far. You want to ru- no, no, you want to rub it in their face in the press conference after. I got no problem with that. It's all in the game. You want it, go do it. But to go out in the middle of someone's field and plant that flag, knowing the history of this rivalry, I just don't believe you do it. That's just me. I don't believe you do that. I believe Michigan, you have, oh, you have more class than that. Don't do it. No, they don't have more. They don't have more class than that. First of all, <laughs> you're giving them too much credit. Well, they don't have more I, class than clearly, that. And, clearly. And you win a game. But but I don't. I'm, I wouldn't say this is classless. This is it's symbolic. Okay, we go back and forth. Ohio State, Michigan, go back and forth. There is a level of respect. I don't know, and, this, and it wasn't made up. I, I don't know if you saw uh, many shots during the game where somebody wearing a Michigan jersey was sitting right next to somebody wearing Ohio State jersey. They went to the game together. It's fine. You want your team to win. Uh, they want their team to win. But you you can coexist like that. It doesn't happen in all rivalries because believe me, Red Sox, Yankees. In the heyday, when people still cared about baseball, ooh, I said it. Uh, when people still cared about baseball <laughs> on a really, really deep level, Red Sox, Yankees, and the Yankees used to chant 1918 to Red Sox fans, signifying the last time the Red Sox had won a championship. I mean, they were, there was no coexistence. There was no healthy amount of respect. Anytime a Red Sox fan would go into Yankee Stadium, it was dangerous and vice versa. I think this was fun. yeah no no you this but is, you're missing my point here. The respect that I'm speaking of is is between the participants, not among fans. It's among the participants, okay. and you simply don't do that. I think about NFL clubs and locker rooms, and you've been in locker rooms now where they will have their emblem on the carpet in the middle of the locker room, and if you step on it, it's a problem. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's a problem. Why? Because that is a treasured symbol. There is a respect factor with that symbol. And that's all I'm saying here. I think kudos to Michigan for going out and dominate, dominating that game on the road. But to me, when you take the flag and you plant it in the middle of the opponent's um, logo there, it's just a step too far. It, it's not necessary. Um, and I'm surprised, to be quite frank with you, that Ohio State players didn't respond to that at all. I'm no. just being real here. You know why? You know why? Because they got more class than that, Jim. They got more oh. class than that. Okay. <laughs> okay. These are. All right. You got hang, so you hang your hat on that, okay? Yeah. Okay. I'll turn it around. These are some wonderful student athletes. They understand. <laughs> and uh, hey, you know, maybe they'll have the opportunity. They can make the decision. 
you 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 win by 20 points 30 points you can make the decision on how you're going to celebrate your victory how you're going to punctuate it some people punctuate it with the flag in the middle of the logo some people just say hey we're going to the college football playoffs thanks for coming I hope you enjoyed you the think show. A Jim Harbaugh you think a Jim Harbaugh coach team is going to allow an Ohio State player to go plant a flag in the middle of the block him yeah oh yeah I'm a, as a matter of fact okay. I'm gonna have uh, right. a couple I'm gonna have a couple of linebackers hold on to him they're gonna hold him and, and okay. I want him to come out there I want him to have a front row seat <laughs> front row seat to witness it I'm gonna okay. do it for Jim Harbaugh we're doing it this is for okay. Harbaugh I want him to say okay. it. boom for Harbaugh but for now I can't talk that trash. Hail to the victors. Hail to the victors valiant. Hail to the conquering heroes. Those boys from Ann Arbor, they did that thing. Well, Jim Trotter, we go from scarlet and gray tears uh, that I had (laughs) on Saturday and Sunday and this morning and just before the show. Uh, and let's talk about the tears uh, in the National Football League. You're writing about this, and this is the time of year. Jim, I love this. I mean, today is uh, November 28th, so that means this week we hit December. And in December and January, because the regular season extends into January and then 23 uh, uh, calendar year, that is the opposite of hot take season. You really can't have your hot takes about uh, NFL teams because now they start to reveal themselves a little bit more like the hot takes are easy to have in September, October and parts of November. This team is great. We don't know. might be. Maybe not. This team sucks. We don't know. Maybe might not. But December and January is truth. This is truth season. You really find out what teams are made of. And so you've got tears. If you explain it to the audience, uh, by the way, audience listening on Sirius XM channel 85 podcast watching on Peacock TV. We appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays now to you and your family. Uh, if you can explain to the audience what you mean by the tier system that you created. Yeah, what it was is that um, my boss was gracious enough to not have me travel, you know, during Thanksgiving week. So I'm watching the games at home and I, and I want to write for the weekend. And as I'm watching it, what do you always hear from coaches, Michael? And you know this, we always hear that the season really starts after Thanksgiving. That's when everything gets real serious. Not that the games don't count earlier, but that's where you kind of know who's who and and what's at stake. And so as I'm watching it, um, particularly, for instance, watching Baltimore, I'm like, okay, I see these division leaders, but who are the ones who are really players here? Who are the ones that you can expect to really show up in Glendale for the Super Bowl? Um, And some of them I thought, yeah, they're legit. And other ones I thought, nope, I just don't see it at all. And so... What it came down to me, I just started thinking about it in terms of a relationship that you have. And all relationships are based on what at a foundational level? Based on trust. Ooh, trust. Do you yes. trust these teams? And and that was sort of the genesis of me writing what I wrote. And there were three teams that I trust a lot. There were two teams I trust a little. And there were three that I don't trust at all. So that was it. All right. Uh, and using that relationship language, I'm going to argue with you based on uh, some of your tears, because I feel like Mm -hmm. in some cases, Jim, you're penalizing (laughs) me for relationships in the past. They got nothing to do with me. I didn't do anything. 
and you're going to hold sure. me responsible for some kind of scars you have. That's your issue. You need to deal with that. Maybe you're not ready for this relationship, Jim Trotter, because you're bringing or some maybe baggage my relationship. Yeah, but that baggage involves you from that pre previous relationship. <laughs> okay. It involves you. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to say, first of all, I'm going to go to the unfair points on the screen. Go ahead. You have under, under not at all. I agree with you. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, five and six. I don't even know why they, first of all, they don't even belong in this group. They are not, um, they are not an elite team. They've got the greatest quarterback who's ever played. But they're not an elite team on so many levels. But they let, can't let, score. You're right. But let me pause you there for a second. And the reason I said um, in the beginning, this is about teams that can make a deep run. The Bucks can win a playoff game, and we've seen it before. Uh, where we've seen. Oh, uh, no, no, let me I, take I, your money I, right you, now. No, take it then, because let what have we seen? Let me we take your seen, money right we now. We have seen teams with sub 500 records or 500 records as division champions go in yes. and win their playoff opener, right? We saw what? Seattle do it to New Orleans. No, we saw Seattle do it to New what? Orleans. We saw San Diego do it to Indianapolis. We have seen it before. So that's why I'm saying you can't rule out, in my opinion, Tom Brady quarterback team for one game, right? So I wouldn't do it. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucs actually won one. They're not going to make a deep playoff run, in my opinion. I would be. So I, I'd be I, shocked. Okay. Okay. I'd be shocked. Um, but then again, not only did I have a bad week on Ohio State, Michigan, I had a terrible week on my bets, your money. So uh, I shouldn't be saying anything. I should just be listening. I I need to be I need to be in input input mode, not output input. Just listen. Humble yourself, Michael. Humble yourself. Um, but no, that's not even my biggest one. Uh, the, the five and six Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My biggest one. You have the Vikings who are nine and two, as not at all. You don't trust them at all. Now. Let's just point out the Vikings lost early in the season on the road to Philadelphia and they lost at home. They got beat down 40 to three by the Cowboys. And so they're nine and two, but think about what they've done. Go on the road, beat Buffalo. When they were down, they were trailing, had a comeback uh, against a very good Bills team. And then after those devastating losses that I talked about, what do they do after they lose to the Cowboys 40 to three? They come back against the Patriots. They were down several times in that game, came back and made some great plays to pull out a victory there. And then after the Philadelphia game, they went on a, uh, on a winning streak that ended with the humiliating Dallas loss. So I do, I, I think you should, I would switch places. Maybe if you want to go Vikings a little, I put the Vikings here's, a little. Here's, but here's not at all seems start. harsh. No, and it is harsh. I agree with that. And I thought long and hard about it, whether or not I should go not at all or a little. And again, I came back to what was the foundational element of this piece. Which team do I believe, which teams can make a deep playoff run and land in Glendale? So if we're looking at the Vikings and they're going to be a division champion, which means what? To get to the Super Bowl, simply to get there, they will have to win two games. To win the title, they would have to win three in a row. My question is, can I trust Kirk Cousins to win three consecutive games? Can I trust him to win two consecutive postseason games? Something he has never done. And my answer was, if I'm being completely honest, is no. So that's why I couldn't put them in the little and I said not at all. I cannot see a Kirk Cousins quarterback team 
winning three consecutive playoff games, knowing that in all likelihood, the final two, one's going to be on the road and one's going to be in a neutral uh, site. You ever been in one of these relationships? Look, how long have you been married, Jim? How many years? 32 years, I believe. Ooh. What I believe. Beautiful. See, I got to think. When you get it, when you get up there, you got to think about it, Michael. It takes a minute. 32. Congratulations. 32 Thank years. Thank you, sir. 32 years. Now, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going way back. Before, before you were married, uh, when, when Kamala Harris at Howard was asking you for a date, and you were like, nah, I don't know, Kamala. I just gotta, <laughs> I just, I got to work. A, I, I got to focus on my newspaper career. You know, I really don't have time uh, to be dating no, the future dating vice president. I was dating my wife president. at that time. Okay, I was already okay, dating well, my that's wife even, at that time. Okay, hey, I'm already spoken for. Future vice president yeah. of the United States, I'm already spoken for. I'm sorry. I'm sure you have a great career in politics, but right now, Jim Trotter is a one-woman man. But uh, before he got married, you ever... Th- be involved in one of these relationships or witness one of these relationships where somebody gets credit for things that they don't necessarily deserve. Like, you know, one of your boys is or dating blame. some so yeah, yeah. You know, or you know, you're dating somebody and you're like but she hasn't really done anything for you. And you keep making excuses for her. You keep making space for her, but where is she when you really need her? Stevie Wonder says, where were you when I needed you last winter? Where are you right now? Where were you? And that's the San Francisco 49ers to me. I can't believe you trust them. What have they done? What have they done to earn Um, your trust? All like you and Chris Sims keep talking about the talent (laughs) and the imagination of Kyle Shanahan and what they have the potential to be. They got the potential to be. You, you just, you just, wait. You just said to me, "What have they done? Where were they? Where, where did their season end last year? They were a dropped interception from going to the Super Bowl a year oh. ago, and they're only, and okay. they're only better this year. A few years ago, where Based were they? They were in. They were actually in the Super Bowl. Why are they better this year? Oh, that's easy. I mean, when you add a talent like like Christian McCaffrey, number one, and makes your offense more dynamic, number two. Um, Brandon Ayuk, who a year ago at the start of the season was in Kyle Hatton, Shanahan's, Shanahan's doghouse, has come on to be one of their better players that no one even talks about. You add that with Debo Samuel and George Kittle, etc. So anyway, offensively, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have to carry the load. Now, let's let's flip it. Defensively, they are in the second year under coordinator D'Amico Ryans, who is going to be a head coach in this league. And what have they done of late? Think about this, Michael, now. Just pause for a second. Four consecutive games now. Four consecutive games. They have not given up a point in the second half. Four in a row. So if you're asking me why I think the 49ers, I believe in them, and they are, uh, I'm all in in terms of them being able to make that run. Why? Because I see the talent. I see what they've done in the past. And I believe that they are that good if they stay healthy. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jim. Can't win if you can't score, Michael. Can't win if you can't score. That's right. You can't win if you can't score. So that brings me right back to the guy you said uh, he doesn't have to carry them. That would be James Garoppolo. Pretty Jimmy. Yes. Handsome Jimmy. James is, and and by Um, the way, James is what he said his mom calls him. So, you know. Well, we all I'm say Jimmy. His mom, 
His mom calls him James. Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Said, you. you said, no, you said earlier, you don't trust Kirk Cousins to win mm-hmm. three games. Right. For the Vikings in the postseason. And you said, you know, you're talking about this great row. defense. You talk about this great defense of San Francisco, but then you said you can't win if you can't score. So I know the San Francisco defense can shut people down to a degree. But when you start going up against elite competition, like like you will in the playoffs, do you trust Jimmy Garoppolo to make, forget about carrying the team, do you trust him to make four or five on-the-money throws per game, critical throws in the clutch, just four or five, that will get them over Michael, the top? Because I'm not saying he's got to put up like 30 points for him, but he's going to have to right. make some throws. We're going to say, Jimmy, we're not... No, no, it's, it's on you, baby. You got to beat us. Can you do you trust him to lead San Francisco in that in that scenario? Well, here, here is the here is here. Here is the answer to that. How many quarterbacks who will be in the playoffs? Do you trust to make those those two or three plays? There aren't a lot. And number two, the reason that I will put my money on Jimmy and ride with him right now is because he has gotten them there before again, got him to a Super Bowl. And made a poor throw at the well, end that could have no, won him the game. Well, and, he did. No, he and, didn't. He didn't. No, he didn't. No, he did not. Here we go. Jim, Here we go. He didn't. Go ahead. He didn't. Go ahead. He didn't. He didn't want. He didn't. Wait, he didn't, he didn't what? I want to be clear what we're talking the, about. He did not get them to the Super Bowl. He didn't get. He was along for the ride. He was a passenger on that plane, but he wasn't Michael. a pilot nor a co-pilot. He wasn't even in first class. Michael. Michael. A quarterback in the Super Bowl, very rarely, I will not say never, but very rarely is simply a passenger. If you want to say Trent Dilfer was a passenger to the, with that Ravens defense, you could say it. And he was. Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo, when they went to the Super Bowl, was more than just a passenger along for the ride <sighs> with that team. He was. And He's I am not in any way heart. saying, I am not oh, in any way saying, goodness that he was on a Tom Brady level or anything else, but he was more than just a passenger along for the ride with that offense. Think about what that offense had done before he got there that year or when the trade was made, when he came into San Francisco, think about how bad that offense was before he got there and what happened when he got there. They started winning. He wasn't great. Yeah, I know. But he did. I know this. He did. I, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing, but go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. It's all good. I just, come on. It's all good. Come on, Jim. 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 I know. I know Deflate Gate happened here in New England, but the NFL should investigate Kyle Shanahan, who took the air out of the footballs with Jimmy Garoppolo, took the air out. They said, no, no, no. In the playoffs, isn't this right? I like. I don't remember the stats specifically off the top of my head. I just remember. They got you so talking about the Minnesota game by Jimmy. They got afraid of him. They didn't like how many times did he throw it? Eight, ten. They he did yeah, not. See, they weren't going to elect Jimmy no, Garoppolo throw you, the football. Wait, wait. I always love when that's brought up and they say, "Oh, he only threw it eight or ten times." Raheem Mostert ran for over two hundred yards in that game. They couldn't. Minnesota Vikings could not stop the run. Why would you throw the ball? in that situation if it's not required. Okay. And again, I'm not saying Jimmy I'm not saying Jimmy is Tom Brady, but I'm saying to me that's smart coaching. If I'm gashing a team, he? if I'm He's gashing a Brady. team, I am not going to all of a sudden say, "Oh, hmm, let me stop running the ball just for the sake of it." Okay. And put it in the air. All right, yeah. 
right? Hey, Gary, let's put those tears. Let's put those tears back up. Now we're going somewhere here. Okay, now I got some thoughts here. I got some thoughts. Spend the next couple minutes on this, and then we'll, we'll, we'll take a little break. All right, out of the tiers, the teams that you trust. Now, imagine the quarterbacks for each of those teams, and tell me, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, based on these teams I see right here, is second from the bottom. The only quarterback you trust less than Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm just going to speak for you, is Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, because you got <laughs> Mahomes... You got Lamar Jackson, Cousins, Brady, uh, Jimmy, Hurts, Tua, and then Tannehill. Do you fully trust these, Lamar right now? More I'm than Jimmy asking, Garoppolo, do you, yes. Do you fool? Okay. I'm, okay. Do I fully trust him? I trust him. The only time I don't trust Lamar Jackson is, is when he's on Twitter. Calm down, Lamar. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Don't feed the trolls. How many times have you been? Don't feed the trolls. Okay. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Oh no. Don't listen. That's, you know, don't I, listen to people. Don't listen to people like me. Don't listen to people who are who are calling you out after a game. That can only go left. And that one did. He deleted his tweet. But anyway, uh, Lamar Jackson. Athletes should never I go think, on social media after a loss. Never. Yeah. Never. Right. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, but you see, Jim, this is where this is a um, this is a generational thing in a sense. Like we didn't grow up with it. I always say this about social media. We didn't grow up, but you can remember being a teenager, and there's no such thing as Twitter. Man, that makes us sound old. But anyway, you don't have to worry about. It's true. You don't have to worry about Twitter. You don't have to worry about IG, Snapchat, anything. It's just you were able to live your teenage life or your young twenties, early twenties life without any kind of social media interference. And I think if I had that at 23 or 24, uh, I probably wouldn't be sitting here now because I would have said a lot of worse things to people. <laughs> I mean, just, I, it, I just, it, it would have been bad. It just would have been bad. Can at 23 I, can, or 24, it would have been bad. Right. But let me say this about your argument, Michael, and this is where I think people get into trouble. Football is a complimentary game. And so when we distill it solely to the quarterback, we tend to eliminate or forget about all the other factors that are involved in winning a football game. Jimmy Garoppolo may not be Tom Brady, uh, understatement of the year, right? He's not Tom Brady. But yeah. he does enough for what the 49ers require of him to make them a legitimate contender. And so I can look at his shortcomings and say, that in other areas on this team, they are good enough to compensate or overcome for what some of his shortcomings are. And that's why I feel so good about San Francisco if they stay healthy. I have concerns right now. I'm starting to look at the running back position and one's already gone down um, this past week. And then Kyle Shanahan said McCaffrey had some irritation in the knee and that always concerns me knowing McCaffrey's history. So Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Anyway, what, who who won that game? Who won that game? Yeah, you know, who won that was, game? you're right. It was San Francisco. They put up. They really had a great offensive day. They put up uh, 13. No, see, there you go again. There you go again. That, Looking at it what, through a very where, narrow where prism. 
Where are the lines? You, you, no. Narrow prism. You, you, no, hey. you are a narrow hey. prism. <laughs> yeah. narrow. What's narrow about? It wasn't Jim, nothing. It wasn't required get... for Jimmy to do anything. They didn't give up a point. Jim, it didn't matter. Let's say, let's say you weren't who you are, uh, who's uh, the astute football writer who was on top of everything. <laughs> let's say I'm your eyes and ears for you, and you said, mm -hmm. hey, you know what? Hey, I had no internet access. Man, I just been it's been a total blackout. Hey, tell me what happened. Hey, who won the 49ers game? I said, hey, man, the 49ers won. Mm -hmm. First thing you ask me, what was the score? The 49ers mm -hmm. won 13 to nothing. They won 13 to mm -hmm. nothing. Okay, that's not a narrow prism. I'm just giving you facts. They put up 13 points over 60 minutes. First of all, they put first up, of all, they, they put, put up, up 13 they points. Put up, they put up 13 points against a very good defense. Was it a great offensive showing? No, it was not. But it didn't have to be, Michael. They do enough okay. in whatever game they're playing to win. That is what I'm saying to you. Football is a complementary game. And so if you are strong in other, there are weeks where the defense will have to carry the load, and there are weeks when the offense will have to carry it, and special teams will have to play a role as well. And sometimes all three have to be on top of their game for a team to win. So let's come back to this conversation in late January. Yeah, we will. And then I want you to explain to me when you when you see the 49ers in the NFC Championship game playing to go to the Super Bowl, then I want to hear what you're going to tell me. And I have no problem with that because the 49ers, what I want to see, though, is not just the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. I want to see them win it so I can get out of this cycle of, of, of you 49ers people who are like, hey, they went to the <laughs> NFC Championship game. And if not for drop pass here. And if Your not people. for this, or if not for a fumble, if not for a bad call, the official did it. The fans did but wait, it. It's all right. But wait, wait. Yeah. you're the man. You're the man just telling me that. Ooh, look at that throw. They only won thirteen to nothing. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, they yeah. won. Okay. They won. Okay. Yep. Good enough. Good enough. I'm not confident enough though to put any money Four on. Four you should. I may not even do my best. I may not do my best this week. Last week, right? Huh? Yeah. I may take. I may be uh, on sabbatical. I may take a my best sabbatical. <laughs> I think Mike is is able to process in a way where if that's what you give him, that's what he'll take. He'll play boring ball with you. He'll push the ball downfield if he has to, and he'll make he'll make very good decisions with the football, and he'll make them quick. He made the easy look easy, and that's. Uh, uh, I thought he did a really good job with that. <clears throat> All right, look, uh, Jim, that was Robert Sala yesterday. Jets are now seven and four. Uh, Mike White, Mike White, who comes in like Mike White's first game, whatever his first game is with the Jets, it's always something big. It's always something gaudy that gets people's attention. <laughs> did the same thing last year uh, before he fell off a bit. But Mike White uh, has a way of making an entrance and replacing Zach Wilson and looking like he's a franchise quarterback. But this was a disaster scenario. If we're being real now, for being real for Zach Wilson, what he's supposed to say is, hey, I'm rooting for the team. Whether I'm starting or not, I'm rooting for the team. And if Mike does well, we all eat. But let's be realistic. That's his job. His job uh, it makes him look worse. I know different matchups, different opponent, what the, the, the degree of difficulty changes, Bears versus the uh, Patriots the week before, but still, 
this doesn't look good for Zach Wilson. Do you yeah, think? But, do you think that he'll be the Jets quarterback going forward? If you had to guess, this time next year, who's the Jets quarterback? Zach Wilson or Mike White? Well, first of all, I think we have to frame it correctly, like where you said, you know, different week, different opponents. The Zach Wilson decision wasn't made solely based on the Patriots' loss. It was based on how he had played in previous weeks as well. So despite the fact that they were winning, he had not played well. And, and he's a great um, poster player for this thing about wins or a quarterback. Uh, uh, um, quarterbacks, are, are, are their greatness is decided on their one loss record. I've never believed in that, good or bad. I do. Right? I do. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. And so then, and, so then, and, and so also, then when Zach Wilson and me, was what? Five and I don't push back, though. Well, you do believe in it because you just talked about Jimmy Garoppolo. You used that whole argument with Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey, they won. He wins. So you do believe Go in ahead. that stat. No, no, I don't. Think. What I said, I said Jimmy Garoppolo is not a great quarterback. I said he does what they need for them to win, which is different from he is a rising tide that can lift the performance of players around him. Very different. So with Zach Wilson, again, what I'm saying is, when he had the one loss, what was he four and one or five and one or whatever as a starter? It wasn't because Zach Wilson lost to the Patriots. Yeah, right. I'm two. saying prior to that, I'm saying prior to that, they were getting by despite him, not because of him. Big difference. And so one of the things I love about this situation is, especially coming off to say the Jeff Saturday situation that we talked about and meritocracy and earning what you get and whatnot. I love that Robert yep. Sala said. I don't care that you were the number two pick in the draft, right? I have a larger responsibility here to the other 52 players in this locker room. And when you watched that game yesterday, what did you see based on the body language, the emotion, the energy, the spirit of those players, those other 52 players, they Ooh. responded to Mike White, right? And that is more yeah, telling than anything. So from me, I think, Mike White is going to be your quarterback going into the offseason. And depending on what they do, we could either have A, him as the starter going into 2023, or we can have Robert Sala saying, you know what, we're going to open this up for a competition. But Zach Wilson has not done enough to earn, to earn the status as the starter going into 2023. Yeah, I agree with you. I just want to uh, I agree that he has not played well despite the win loss record. So five and two as a starter. You're right five and one going into that Patriots game. They lose it. They have two yards two net yards in the second half, which is uh, just embarrassing. Uh. He throws for 77 yards. And I think the most damning quote of last week was Robert Sala saying uh, the Patriots are good. Yeah, but you look at those numbers. He says it's not NFL football. Ooh, I right. knew he was going to lose his job then. He said it's not NFL Absolutely. football. Absolutely. It's not. But, but see, I, I, I knew, think, I knew I think it before it, he I, said that, Michael. I knew it before he said that. What, I was knew the it press because, conference that did it? No. To me, it was the reaction of teammates. Robert Solo, I believe, could have lost that locker room if he had stayed with Zach Wilson. Look, you know this. There's always that saying, um, um, game knows game. The players know who can play and the coaches know who can play. And so if you're going to stand up before those 52 other players and say to them, Zach Wilson gives us the best chance to win. 
right away they're gonna look at you and say, man, you ain't credible. You ain't credible. Right. And 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 I say this, and I've said this to some GMs, including some who are in the running for the playoffs and the Super Bowl this year. We got towards a trade deadline. I remember saying to one of them, "Are you going to make a move?" And he said, "Ah, oh, I'm not. I'm not so sure. We got some cap issues, you know, draft capital. This." And I said to him, "You understand these windows don't don't open often, and they mm. don't stay op- open all the time. And so there's a lot to weigh in that decision. And for Robert Sala." As much as he and Joe Douglas are building the Jets out to be what or, or, or building it to a place where they should have sustained success, nothing is guaranteed to you. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. So I say Robert Sala had to make this decision because it might not come around again where they are in this position and have a chance to make a run in the playoffs or get to the playoffs and hopefully make a run from their standpoint. Yeah, it's such an interesting decision, Jim. You know, it's not just that he was a number two pick in the draft, Zach Wilson. It's it's the approach that the team took to building the team, to building their roster around Zach Wilson. I mean, it's like they got their quarterback. So they say, hey, we got our quarterback. He's got a big arm. We're going to bring in. So we got we get, we have receivers. All of them wanted to get traded at one point. <laughs> You know, hey, Denzel Mims. <laughs> what does that tell you? Me. What does uh, that tell yeah, right, you? Right, right. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I wonder if the trade request, if Mike White, they say Mike White is a starter. We're opening up to a competition. I wonder if the trade request from Denzel Mims goes away, from Elijah Moore goes away. I like Elijah Moore a lot, by the way. Um, they, they get Garrett Wilson in the first round this year. He had some things to say after that Patriots game, but they were building. They got receivers. They 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 moved back into the draft, the same draft as Zach Wilson. They bring they uh, go get Vera Tucker, the guard from USC, to protect him. Everything they were doing seemed to be Zach Wilson centric. And now, right. I, I, I'm sorry, Jim. Robert Sala can say whatever he wants. I believe in Zach Wilson. I believe in Zach Wilson more than he does. I think it's oh over. my god. Oh, I think it's oh, over there. I, I, oh, over there. Thank you. I thought Not for his career. I, I thought you were. No, no, no. Agreed. I thought you were going to tell me you believe in Zach Wilson coming back next year as a starter. Oh no, no, no. Not there. Not there. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. I think it's. Oh, I think it's over there, because not only did Agreed. they say we needed to, we need to reset him. They said, hey, we got to reset uh, Zach Wilson. Okay, that'd be fine. My man was inactive for the game. Right. <laughs> you know, like, no, no, you have really, you didn't lose your job. You got demoted like two slots down. You're not the backup. You're not, essentially, you're an observer. And in, in, in hockey, you know what they do in hockey? When you got that status, they're like, hey, go watch in the, in the press box. And a press box yep. in hockey is far from the team bench. <laughs> okay, it's far. It's far. It's usually like seven, eight levels up. You got to take the elevator to get there. You can't just be like hanging out. No. So he is almost not a member of the team on game days. And and for them to have this performance like this, they're right back. They got themselves out of last place. (laughs) So they're seven and four now uh, right in the thick of things. The game behind Buffalo and Miami. They have wins over both of those teams, Buffalo uh, Buffalo and the Dolphins. They they got they've been restored. 
they feel like, oh, we got some life here. We got some juice. But that's my point. These windows don't always open or stay open. So you have to take advantage when the opportunity presents itself within reason. I'm not saying you go do stupid things, but within reason, when you have an opportunity and this op- in this case, it costs you nothing to make the change at quarterback. But look at how much you gained from making that move in terms of what it has done hey. for everyone else in that locker room. They're playing that music. We still got more stuff to say. I think you should come back tomorrow. Can you come back tomorrow, Jim Trotter? For you, Michael Holly, I can come back tomorrow. Ooh, ooh, that's brotherhood right there. Love you, man. So, Jim Trotter, back tomorrow. Brother from another, thanks for hanging out with us. See you tomorrow. <laughs>